0: From True Africa, I'm Claude Renitsky, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're talking green
1: energy. Clean energy is the future. Lagos,
2: the city that I'm in, is actually one of the cities that is below the sea level and at risk of being submerged.
3: There's been a bit of hypocrisy between the West in how it deals with Africa.
0: Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests, one question that matters to Africans and no surprise. They don't always agree. The limitless podcast is supported by the U S department of state and the scene fire foundation. When it comes to climate change, Africa will be one of the continents which has hit the hardest. You're probably already seeing the effects of the changing climate where you live. There's no escaping the fact that much of this is out of the continent's control. Africa is responsible for less than 4% of greenhouse gas emissions worldwide. But we're here to talk about African solutions to African problems. So although the US, China, India, and other economies need to cut down on their reliance on fossil fuels, what about us? Can Africa prepare for the century ahead? Can green energy power our future? Our first guest is self-made Malian businessman, Samba Batili. He's launched ventures in over 18 African countries, including ACON Lighting Africa, a renewable energy initiative I worked on with Samba and the American Senegalese hip hop artist Akon. Yes, that one. So, Samba,
1: can green energy power Africa's future? Clean energy is the future, and clean energy is part of the solution. Because the good thing about Africa, like uh, the king of Morocco was saying in one day I was in a meeting, he said, Le retard de l'Afrique, that means uh, the fact that Africa is left behind, could be also an advantage because we will avoid some of those mistakes. If you take today most of these developed nation, big chunk of the pollution of the world is created by them. And in this time of climate change, uh, Africa could be a green economy because one of the competitive advantages of Africa, we have a lot of sun, we have wind, we have a lot of uh, gas. So I think we should go step by step. Uh, we should have a mix between solar, gas, hydro. If I talk, we talk about clean, we need to make sure that the different grids uh, that we are building across Africa should, uh, each country should inject the kind of energy they got. So uh, we need to, 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 to sit down and make sure that we are mutualizing and we are collaborating together. And where do you think we should focus our efforts? So talking about uh, green energy also, solar particulate I'm involved. As you know, as today, I, I did project in more than 19 countries and I have touched more than 1,800 districts in those countries. The lesson that I learned is that rural area, uh, the fast track, it's solar energy. Because those big grid projects will take time. And we need to create hope into those areas. If you want to have those uh, agriculture revolution, we need to keep those people into the rural area, because if the trend that we are seeing, if all of them are coming to the big city because they don't have energy, they don't have internet, our city will be crowded with jobless, with criminality. So that will affect our effort for development. The The solar could help on a short term to solve the energy poverty in those area. So the next thing is to develop more and more uh, those rural electrification program. So 70% of our population could be touched. That's why we at uh, Solectra, when we start solar, we could do like other people who just focus on utility scale. It's less job and it's more money, but we understand that if we want to do impact, we need to focus where they are the majority of the people. It's more challenging, but this is the only way we could develop our continent. I don't see energy alone. I see energy plus health, energy plus water, energy plus education, because energy is a base. My second contributor
0: is Ola Simbo Jinren director of Solar Sister Nigeria, an Africa-wide American NGO which invests in clean energy. Solar Sister recruits, trains, and supports women entrepreneurs to bring green energy to their off-grid communities. So far, they have reached over 2.9 million people over Africa with solar energy and clean cook stoves. She started off by telling me why Solar Sister targets women.
2: We understand that women are the ones that bear the brunt of energy poverty. Um, and energy poverty is just the lack of access to modern energy services. So women are the ones who are tasked usually with the um, running of the house, how food is cooked, how you know energy is managed in the home. And so um, we have a deliberate strategy to target women or to um, make women the workforce, thereby being the solution um, to the challenge and being in charge of um, distributing this, this, this solutions, this clean energy solution. There's been
0: a speculation and actually forecasts that state that by 2050, around half of the new energy that is installed across the African continent is going to be renewable energy. Is this something that you feel is achievable? Specifically, if we look at the plaque that solar prices have uh, been reduced by over 80% over the last decade.
2: Yes, um, I mean, I think that's the goal. I think um, from all the reports I've seen um, and all the big agencies working on this, everyone you know has, is attesting that we are not on track. However, um, Urging players, especially the big big players, to um, to I, I don't know increase the urgency to ensure that we can meet this target because that's really the target twenty fifty net zero um, or even you know in Africa as you said fifty percent um, renewables in Nigeria for instance we have a target to have thirty percent of our total energy production to be renewables by the year 2030, which is just around the corner. So, um, yes, a lot of um, advocacy and uh, even like um, projects are geared towards um, trying to see if we can meet this target, because we all agree that we are in a climate crisis. Um, and Lagos, the city that I'm in, is actually one of the cities that is below the sea level and at risk um, of being submerged if we have an increase in, in, in the sea level. So it's really something urgent, it's something that um, we're taking really seriously um, and trying to see how we can move towards increasing renewables, which we know is um, a mitigating factor for climate change.
0: Our third guest is Linda Mabena Olagunju. She is the founder and managing director of DLO Energy Resources Group, a wholly African female-owned independent power producer. The company currently operates one of Africa's largest wind farms in the northern Cape of South Africa. They have solar projects under development in Nigeria, Botswana, and South Africa. Here's our conversation. So what do you see as the potential for green energy in a country like South Africa and maybe all over the continent as well?
3: In terms of renewable energy, it's a relatively new concept on the African continent. By new, I mean at least less than 20 years in terms of actual projects coming online. Um, However, that being said, the continent has really moved to get a number of projects uh, nationally on their grids. The key thing to remember what stalls projects, renewable energy projects on the continent, goes back to why we don't have electricity from any other resource generally available on a, on a, on a stable supply, even coal, even gas, etc. And that revolves around infrastructure and projects that are bankable. So currently, renewable energy in South Africa makes up less than 10% of our national supply. And that is due predominantly to the rate at which government has gone on to procure renewable energy projects. And remember, South Africa has one of the most aggressive government-backed renewable energy programs in sub-Saharan Africa. So if South Africa is only sitting at a meager less than 10% of its power source coming from renewable energy, you can deduce that the figures you know, uh, are less as you operate throughout the continent. And the reason for that, I said, is that the projects that you find on the continent are not bankable predominantly. And the reason for the lack of ba- uh, of bankability revolves around The fact that there isn't the adequate risk allocation, the adequate government backing to make the projects work. Remember, investors are not charity workers. They are there to build projects for a profit. And if there's a risk that that profit is not going to come, they're not going to invest.
0: What do you think, Linda, about the United Nations global target of net zero? which means cutting greenhouse gas emissions to as close to zero as possible.
3: For oil-producing countries, there's been a bit of hypocrisy between the West in how it deals with Africa or the rest of the world when it comes to their position on um, hydrocarbon resources such as oil and gas. In one breath, you hear you know the undertakings in COP26 saying, for sure we are going to move away from Uh, You know everything that is dirty energy. Um, I mean, the delegates themselves landed in private jets that are fueled by oil, as you know. And then Russia and Ukraine erupts, and then it becomes a discussion point around: Can we afford, uh, you know, uh, not to have adequate gas supply at this stage? And the answer is clearly no. Scotland then makes a huge oil discovery shortly after COP and says we want to continue to drill for oil. Once we're done drilling for this oil, uh, then we can we can consider what we 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 undertook during COP 26. Yet African countries are expected to put their people um, under the strenuous uh, conditions whereby a lot of countries would go under if they were not continuing with their oil and gas um, operations, countries like Angola, uh, Nigeria, Mozambique. So what happens in that situation? And African countries have uh, pushed back and said, we're going to continue, we're not going to stop um, with our operations. However, where they've had challenges is around the funding of uh, new oil uh, projects that had been delayed. So given what happened with Russia and Ukraine, an interesting move was then made uh, by the European countries to have gas treated as a green energy source so that Europe is not left stranded. On Twitter, Elon Musk uh, famously tweeted the current war is now going to cause an increased demand for oil and gas in the immediate future. For the next 10 years there's going to be an increased demand. For oil and gas. So, which begs the question has the world put climate change on pause whilst they look at how to power their nations during this difficult time?
0: We're not looking for simple answers on this podcast. We believe Africa's potential is limitless, and bountiful energy is key to helping us fulfill it. Green energy will allow us to use our priceless natural resources, yet avoid destroying them in the process. We looked at what everyday Africans are doing to make sure Africa can power its way to a green future. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. Join in the conversation using the hashtag LimitlessAfrica. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Granitsky. The Limitless podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Fire Foundation.